freedom, man. That's what it's all about. You've got to groove on freedom, like the good book says. listening to what on earth is happening this show will discuss the topics of human consciousness mind control natural law the occult and all issues that affect the freedom of the people of earth what on earth is happening will endeavor to shine light upon the darkness of our world and to offer empowering solutions to the problems we face as humanity approaches its critical moment of choice. And now, here is your host, Mark Passio. Welcome one and all, you're listening to What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio, my website, whatonearthishappening.com. Today is Monday, December 14th, 2015. Have a great show lined up for you here today. I'm going to be getting into the lack of courage in modern human society. Courage is something that we need in much greater abundance in our world if we're ever going to defeat the dark forces that currently have a stranglehold on this planet and become truly free. So I want to talk about how much courage is really missing from our society and what we could do to remedy that situation. Um, I'm also going to be getting into um, how it takes wisdom to really deeply understand information when it's coming from a second-hand source, not having to go through a painful, dark experience of suffering firsthand in order to understand how something necessarily works. So these are some of the themes I'm going to get into today on the show. I want to let everybody know that um, my Tesla presentation that I told everybody about wanting to get out last week is finished and released. It is called The Dark Side of Tesla's Technology. And I released it on my website and YouTube channel earlier this week. Uh, The presentation was originally given back at the Tesla Science Foundation's Tesla's People Conference back in July of 2015. And it was was about how Tesla's technology has been seized and confiscated by the United States government and by agencies of that government and weaponized and used against the people on September 11th, 2001 in the biggest false flag terror event of our times. And when I was planning to give this presentation, you know, shortly before the Tesla's People Conference, I was thinking, you know, how is this organization the Tesla Science Foundation going to receive 
this message, you know, with a little bit of hesitation, a little bit of trepidation, because these are, you know, the very intellectual types, the very left brain scientific types. And I'm happy to say that when I gave this presentation live at the Ethical Society of Philadelphia back in July, it was very well received by uh, many scientists and engineers at this conference, uh, several of which came up to me afterward and congratulated me on a good presentation and said, this is something that I really need to look a lot more into. Uh, so it was not um, dismissed out of hand as conspiracy theory. Um, it was uh, received with what I would definitely call an open mind, even among the very scientific types that you uh, will find at a conference such as this. So if you want to check it out, it's called The Dark Side of Tesla's Technology. It's only about, it's less than 20 minutes long, maybe about 18 or 19 minutes. And um, it is up on my website in the videos section. You could also go to my YouTube channel at youtube.com slash whatonearth93, which is my YouTube channel, and you can watch it there as well. Feel free to share it on whatever social media sites you want to share it on. That's a good way of spreading the information on whatonearthishappening.com. So, the Free Your Mind 4 conference, just to do a little bit of housekeeping and get the event announcements out of the way, the Free Your Mind 4 conference is going to be the biggest conference of 2015 by far and away. Um... I'm so looking forward to this event, not only because I'm a part of it, but because of the other phenomenal speakers, the world-class speakers that are going to be part of this great event coming up here near Philadelphia in April. Free Your Mind 4, a conference on consciousness, mind control, and the occult, taking place at the Sheraton Bucks County Hotel, which is at 400 North Oxford Valley Road in Langhorne, Pennsylvania on April 15th, 16th, and 17th of 2016. Free Your Mind returns to Philadelphia in 2016 with a three-day conference featuring top caliber whistleblowers and researchers from across the country who will shed light upon our world's problems and bring forward empowering solutions, spreading awareness on the topics of consciousness, mind control, subversive occult influences, holistic mind-body-spirit health, and solution-oriented approaches to the problems humanity faces in these challenging times. The speakers lined up for this year's Free Your Mind conference, Bob Tuscan, Kathy O'Brien, David Whitehead, Freeman, Jamie Hanshaw, Jay Parker, Janice Barcello, Jim Mars, John Vibes, the legendary Jordan Maxwell, really looking forward to having Jordan as part of Free Your Mind 4, Josie Wales, Ken Rolla, Laura Eisenhower, myself, Mark Passio, Mark Phillips, Mary Sean Young, Hollywood star, Max Egan, Ross Ben, and there will be some more speakers announced shortly before the conference, but that is already an incredible all-star lineup of speakers, and you'll never see speakers of that caliber all in one place except at Free Your Mind. Free Your Mind 4 
Charlton Bucks County Hotel, 400 North Oxford Valley Road, Langhorn, PA. Coming at us April 15th through 17th, 2016. Tickets are available now. Get your tickets right now at freeyourmindconference.com. An all-weekend pass for this all-star lineup, $169.99. Individual day passes, $59.99. Tickets available now at freeyourmindconference.com. Just want to also mention that I do still have What on Earth is Happening, promotional t-shirts available. You can get those by inquiring as to how to receive one at my website, whatonearthishappening.com. You can click the uh, t-shirt link on the left-hand side of the page. There's also a donation link on the left-hand side of whatonearthishappening.com. If you feel that you have received value personally from the information that I've shared on whatonearthishappening.com, my YouTube channel, my video, my podcast, my videos, my podcasts, uh, then feel free to make a voluntary donation to help support my work so that I can continue it into the future. So with that having been said, let's get into some of the topics that are going to be discussed on the show today. I want to start off by uh, just basically telling people about how the uh, founder's first full show went uh, this past Thursday in Philadelphia. My hardcore punk, my anarchist hardcore punk band, The Founders, uh, our website, thefounders.us. We played our first full show, our first full performance um, at a, a little place called Connie's Rick Rack in South Philadelphia in the Italian market area of South Philly. We played with some other local bands and the show went really well as far as I'm concerned. Uh, I was especially happy with how the band performed. Um, they did a very professional job. You know, I congratulate them for that. We played uh, a tight set and... Um, there was a lot of high energy and a lot of uh, good people came out. Um, I do want to say that I'm in general disappointed about the entire Philadelphia music scene as a whole, if you want to even call it that. Um, I've been going to a lot of uh, music shows just to see what's out there, just to see what kind of music is popular. Um, to see the the quality of people who come out to music nowadays, whether they're awake and aware at all or not. And I just have to say that I feel pretty profound disappointment with what's out there insofar as um, modern music goes. I don't think there's any kind of a message in it. Um, This is something that we personally spoke to at the show uh, on Thursday and um, I don't see that getting better. I see people um, not wanting to infuse any kind of a message in music. Um, they're too cowardly to do it in many cases, and that fits in perfectly with the theme of the show today. You also have a lot of uh, what I would call outright political enemies in the music scene today. And, you know, this is something I really want to do a whole show on. Uh, I may... Uh, bring on uh, a member of my band in the near future and just have a discussion with them on the air, you know, to talk about this very topic and make a whole show out of it. Because uh, it's something that 
I think music is a vehicle that can awaken a lot of people if it's used in that way. And unfortunately, I think all too few people are using it in that way to spread a message of awareness and make people aware of what's going on around us. I mean, this is what the founders was envisioned to do. Um, and that's what we're going to continue to do. Uh, we try to infuse a message in every one of our songs. So there's very, very few people who are what I would call even politically awake, let alone spiritually awake in music nowadays. Um, at the Founders show, I would say that there were very few anarchists there, although there were some. Certainly what I would say, uh, there are people who think that what we're doing is extreme. And that's, you know, not an encouraging sign is insofar as where people's general consciousness is at. Now, it doesn't really surprise me because I know this city in general is pretty much completely asleep. Uh, major cities on the East Coast basically are. I mean, the mind control techniques has worked to such a almost perfect extent that it's not a matter of, you know, who is under mind control. It's a matter of who isn't, who has slipped through the cracks, so to speak, and who is aware enough to understand the, the methodologies that have been used against them that have been used to subvert their minds and essentially engineer how they think. So I find that it's very difficult in to get people even excited about a message of freedom in music these days. And that's sad. That's a sad thing. It's, um, you know, you, you'll hear people basically saying you have too extreme of a position when we're already enslaved you know, and this is what people are basically saying. It's like a, a very wishy-washy attitude, especially from men. You know, I mean, again, in no way am I trying to make any kind of a sexist statement regarding this, but it's a statement that I would expect more from a female member of society. Moreover, not because they're just less apt to understand real freedom, but because this system of control benefits them a lot more than it does men in many ways. It also oppresses them as much, if not more so than men in many ways. But you can see how the system has been designed to basically do a lot of violence unto men, particularly at the behest of women in many cases when it comes to uh, certain things that they want to do to use the apparatchik of the violence of the state to, to get back at men in some ways, okay? If there's a problem between them. The state has traditionally been used by like that by many women in society. So you can understand the perceived benefits that a lot of women in society have regarding the state. What I can't understand more so much more so than that attitude, is I can't understand how men can want to continue to support and uphold the completely immoral institution that is government. It's very saddening to me that 
This is how domesticated and emasculated men have become. You know, I mean, they have literally had the courage sucked right out of them. They're wishy-washy. They're soft. They, I mean, let's just come right out and say it. They're cowards, you know? They're cowards. You say something about rebellion to them. You say something even just about how absolutely immoral government is. And you could see that look come over their face like a frightened dog. Like, oh my God, he's talking about this. Oh, how am I going to get out of this situation? I don't want to talk about this. You know, I'm too scared to talk about this. I'm too chicken to talk about this. I'm too much of a little boy to even talk about this, let alone do something about it. You know, and this is where society is at, folks. You know, you have practically half of society practically cheering on the state, and the other half is too chicken shit to do anything about the absolute immoral coercion, violence, and slavery that's being enacted by the state. And until that changes, I mean, don't expect anything better than what we have. Expect it to get infinitely worse. This is part of what I'm going to talk about at the Free Your Mind 4 conference as part of my presentation, which is called Neo-Feminism and the Satanic Epi-Eugenics Agenda is the title for my Free Your Mind 4 talk. Because men have to really start to deeply understand that they need to table this discussion about how the state needs to ultimately be confronted and ultimately ended. But moreover, they need to table the discussion that they need to start having absolutely nothing to do with women who want anything to do with the state. To cut them out of their lives until they put their head on straight and realize that the state is coercion, violence, and slavery. And until they recognize those things and don't want anything to do with it as an institution on this planet, men should have nothing to do with them and should do nothing for them. You know, so that's part of my, that's going to be in my solutions section. As harsh as it sounds as a solution, I think more men need to understand that. And I know these will be words that will be very difficult for people to hear out there. Well, tough. I could care less how you perceive it. I'm not here to be your friend or be liked by you. I've said that a million times. You know, I'm here to tell the truth about what's going on in this society. So that slavery can be ended in it. People's minds are completely socially engineered by people they never met, never even knew and aren't ever going to know, probably. Who meet covertly, plan covertly, and execute their plans covertly. I mean, what I find hard to swallow about all of this is that we're I'm living in the city where the founding fathers of America lived, walked, wrote the Declaration of Independence, organized against the British, fought the British, and set up the foundational principles by which this country was supposed to, you know, allegedly 
work. And in that very city, you have a bunch of wishy-washy little boys who are afraid to even table a discussion to talk about the immorality of the state. And here's why, folks. They have no courage. They're cowards. They're afraid of rebellion. They're afraid of lawful, righteous rebellion. It instills fear in them like a little boy. And that's why they're living lives of quiet desperation. That's why they find life so difficult and constantly battling against it. Never going actually with a flow of life, but constantly in a state of depression, constantly in a state of conflict. Internal conflict and conflict with those around them. And they don't understand why things aren't going to get any easier because they're battling against creation itself. They're battling against the universe itself. If there's one thing I know for sure, the universe rewards those with courage. That's why it's rewarding the dark occultists. Again, this is something people don't want to hear me say. How could you say the universe rewards evil, Mark? Why? Because if evil people have more courage than good people, you know what? The universe is going to reward them. It's going to work that way. Especially if they don't actually carry out the actual physically harmful behavior and get stupid dog, minion, robot followers to do it for them. You know? They understand how to perform little tricks to get around the brunt of natural law consequences, these dark occultists. Not that they're going to escape at all, but, you know, they're certainly not going to get hit with the kind of karmic debt that an order follower gets hit with. People still don't understand how that works because they think karma and natural law work some different way than it actually does. I've talked about this concept before on the podcast. I call it dark care. When somebody who has bad intentions at least aligns their thoughts, their emotions, and their behaviors, their thoughts, their emotions, and their actions are aligned as one. Even if they want to carry out dark deeds, they're going to be able to accomplish it because they're unified and they're not in internal conflict and division. They're not divided amongst themselves. They're on the same page. And all I see out there in society, again, I don't want to make a blanket statement. This is a generalization because there are some very, very good, courageous people out there. And some of those people came out to see the founders on this past Thursday night. I'm making a generalization about people in this city in particular, in most major cities on both coasts, I would say, most major cities in the United States, period. And um, certainly most people in the music community in this area where I'm from. And it saddens me because one of the things I talked about on stage was that the types of uh, genres that we blend, namely punk rock, hardcore, and a little bit of metal, um, these were supposed to be the genres of music 
that were infused with the spirit of rebellion. And today you don't see that at all, except in very, very few bands. And again, it's because people don't have the courage to put a message of rebellion in their music anymore because they're too afraid of, oh, what are people going to think of me if I speak out? What might happen to me? Might an agent of the government come after me or something? You know, will I be harassed? Will I be watched? Will I be listened to? You know what? Who cares about any of those things? The only reason that you're going to care about any of those things is if you're a chicken shit coward. Then you'll care about those things a whole lot. I could care less who's listening to me. I could care less who's watching me. You know what? All they can do is learn something from my words and attitude and behaviors. Maybe maybe by watching me and paying attention to what I'm saying and trying to record it all, maybe you'll learn something, little boy. Maybe you'll learn something, little girl. Time for you to grow up. You think I'm worried about who's listening to me, who's tracking my activities, who's tracking what I'm saying? Do it, do it as much as you want. First of all, I'm not afraid of you because I know that's all you are is a little arrested development, completely spiritually deadened being. What do I have to be afraid of that? I'm not afraid of you physically, let alone spiritually. And once again, true courage is not the absence of fear. I'm not saying that you need to be completely fearless. You know, you be completely fearless, you could be reckless. Courage is moving forward with what you're doing that you know to be right in spite of whatever fears may be present. That means you could say to yourself, oh, I might be afraid of what the government might do, of what these order-following hordes of orcs might do to me physically because they're brainwashed morons. But you know what? That doesn't mean that you're not going to continue to do what you're doing anyway. See, that's where the absolute cowardice of most of the people of this society comes in. They let their fear stop them from doing anything. Stop them from taking right action. Stop them from learning. Stop them from understanding. Stop them from putting information forward for others to understand. And as soon as the word rebellion is spoken, they shut down. You know, the fear that very word instills. I just recently listened to um, a uh, compilation of some former podcasts that I did before I took my hiatus many months back. This was actually before the Free Your Mind Conference when I talked about um, the Second Amendment, the true meaning and purpose of the Second Amendment when I gave that lecture live on the air over a period of a couple of weeks and then followed that up with a uh, show about the fear of rebellion in society. And I listened to it again and, um, you know, I mean, I have to be honest about what I thought about the job that I did during that pod, those series of podcasts, I'm sitting there listening to it and I'm thinking to myself, no one else, practically no one else, I shouldn't use the term no one, it's a blanket statement that 
in this case is not true. Um, hardly anyone else, all too few people say things as plainly and clearly and unambiguously as this and have the courage to say it in that way. And I, I, I was just very happy with the job I did on that. And I was happy that the person who you know made that compilation of shows did it and put it out as a six-hour video podcast. I'll probably link to that on this show today, on this podcast, because I think uh, the person did a decent job with the uh, slides that they put together for it from a, l- a lot of my work and some other slides that they uh, assembled. And... Um, it conveyed the message really, really well, the way that they put the video together. And I was just thinking, you know, I wish more people would do something like this. Because a lot of people just won't say it plainly and clearly. They'll beat around the bush, they'll tiptoe around it, but they won't say things to order followers right in their face, so to speak. I mean, whether they're saying it through a podcast or to them directly in person. You know, when I encounter people in the military or or police, I don't sit and bite my tongue just because that's what the job that they do or people who have relatives who do these jobs. I'm going to say what I think about it regardless of who is around me or what they think. If something is true, it's true. I don't really care about what they think. You know, people have this total fear that they allow to cut them off from what not only they want to be doing in many cases, but what they really should be doing and need to be doing if we're going to reverse this human condition of slavery. There's so many people who could probably actually do a good job with conveying information because they have a mind that you know, can take in information and process it and understand it and then deliver that to others. But they're in this state of arrested development. You know, they've been shut down before they even begin. It really is like a child in many cases with these people. It's like a frightened child who says, oh, daddy told me not to go near that. You know, that's in daddy's closet. We don't, we don't go in there because that's where all his stuff is at. And he told us we don't go in there. You know, th- this is really what it's like. It's like a psychological child. They can't get past that fear. They can't get past that idea that they've been told you don't go to that topic. You know, and so they obey. And as long as that courage is missing, they're going to remain enslaved. I mean, this is what a lot of occultists looked at as the ultimate answer, courage, more so than even care, more so than even knowledge and understanding. They looked at courage as the absolute essential ingredient in the awakening of the soul. Because it takes courage to even look into information to understand what's going on. That kind of courage is required. Not only courage to act upon 
right information, but courage to even take it in because they're so afraid of how bad things are and how ugly the truth is that they don't even want to do the work to take in the knowledge. And I mean, what really sickens me about people like that is they're squandering what our ancestors did for us. Which was for a short amount of time create a pocket of freedom in a world that was completely enslaved. Yeah, the encroachment came right back in and took took it, you know, took that modicum of freedom that they built. This, you know, encroachment of tyranny. But for a time, America was the freest and most prosperous place to live on the surface of this planet. And what the cowards of the modern day world, the men and women of America today, are doing is squandering what our ancestors fought and in many cases died to create here. And when I think about where I'm at, that saddens me greatly. Because Philadelphia is where that basically started. And the battles that took place near here, the, the men who died fighting tyranny near here, especially at a place such as Valley Forge, you know, I think about the spirits of those individuals who cared enough about freedom and who actually had the courage to do something when their freedom was threatened the way it was and ultimately gave their lives in many cases, the spirits of those individuals is completely at a state of unrest and cannot rest because of what's going on in this country now. I want to talk about another topic that really kind of irks me, and that's the concept of patriotism and what it really means to be a real patriot. You know, a lot of people attack this word now because it only means one thing to them. You know, this unidimensional thinking that, you know, something can't mean more than one thing to different people. Like, it's like when you say Satanist to somebody. When, when I'm talking about Satanism, I'm talking about it as an organized ideology that runs through occult networks throughout the world that has basic tenets such as rampant out of control self-interest and self-preservation at the expense of other people's rights and freedom in other words pure selfishness moral relativism social darwinism and eugenics these are what i call the four tenets or the four pillars of the satanic ideology of organized institutional Satanism as what I would call a dark occult religion. You know, the word Satanism can also apply to people's perceptions of what Satanism is, which isn't what I'm talking about when I use the word. Just like the word freedom can mean more than one thing to different people. 
you know, certain people think the state of freedom is present in the United States now because they have a very limited idea of what that word means. When I use the word freedom, I'm talking about true freedom, capital F, capitalize all the letters in it to distinguish it from the fake form of freedom that is perceived by many people still. So the word patriot doesn't just mean one thing. You know, and so many people say, oh, you know, people who call themselves patriots, you know, that word has been co-opted and it needs to be taken back. It needs to be reclaimed by people who understand what the word patriot really means. I'm not talking about the fake patriots out there, the people who think government can do no wrong, statists who think my country can't do any wrong and I'll be loyal to it no matter what. It's not what a patriot is. Never was, never has been, is never going to be. Anybody who thinks that's what a patriot is, they don't know the meaning of the word. Patriots are, are people who have loyalty to the truth first and foremost. Real patriots. Not only do they have loyalty to the truth, they have loyalty to the other people living in their land who have loyalty to that truth. It's a brotherhood. Patriots are a brotherhood and a sisterhood of people who want real freedom. They're the real freedom fighters. People with real courage, real will to act. Not people who praise the military, who praise the police, who praise the state propaganda and say because this, this kind of control comes from our country, it's somehow good. I mean, give me a break. People like that daring to call themselves patriots are a joke. They don't know what real freedom is and they don't know the meaning of the word patriot. They're followers, just like the people they're, they're praising when they praise the military or the police. Bunch of followers. True patriots are real free thinkers. They're people who understand the essence of real freedom and are fighting to create that and protect that. And we have men in society who are completely neutered, completely neutered because they're so afraid, so afraid of actually speaking out, let alone doing something to challenge the immorality of this state. They don't even want to talk about it. They don't even want to put it on the table and talk about it. I mean, they think they're men. You are absolutely de-balled, neutered animals. You don't even resemble a man. Arrested development, folks. That's what creates this absence of slavery. They don't even have an emotionally developed makeup. 
to even be able to get angry at things that should anger them, at ways that they're completely controlled. And even worse, they'll let people who absolutely don't care about freedom influence them because of what they want from those people, their employers or their spouses. Or their family members. You know, all these fake forms of loyalty out there. That people are letting just completely stunt their spiritual and emotional development. And keep them inactive. It's the worst place to be, ladies and gentlemen. I've talked about it before. The worst place that one could possibly be in this world is to know what's going on. Within yourself, within your own mind. And to let other people keep you in a state of fear and inaction. I'm talking about people who have, particularly, who have spouses. Who they'll listen to and they'll say, I don't want you involved in that. You know, oh, it's too dangerous. Or you sound like you're crazy because you think these things. Just because they don't understand them. And people fear what they don't understand. So they're in shutdown mode and they say, you got to be in shutdown mode with me. And you know what? That's the worst place you could possibly be, especially as an individual who knows something about what's going on. I'll tell you what, that's the last place I'd ever want to be. In many cases, people are living in such a state of conflict internally and conflict with the truth that they'll go into addiction mode, you know, to beat up on themselves, doing drugs and alcohol and trying to numb out that knowing, that inner knowing that they should be involved in this battle. Part of getting that whole attitude out of your your whole makeup is to develop real courage and start getting on the side of truth and start getting on the side of right action to do what you need to be doing in society to start doing the great work and you'll see how the universe will come to your aid and your life will actually improve people think why is my life so difficult? Why am I encountering so much resistance, etc.? Well, part of it is because you don't care about truth. Part of it is because you don't care about freedom. And you're not actively doing something to, you know, try to advance those things in the world. People love their creature comforts. You know, and... I understand women's love of creature comforts. What what really aggravates me is how much men have become attached to creature comforts. And how much they love, quote unquote, love life. Whenever I hear people say, I love life. It's like, I don't know how you could love this state of existence the way that it is. You love life the way it is. There's something seriously, seriously broken inside of you i mean you're way way more screwed up than i even imagined
Life in the form that we're living it today shouldn't be loved, folks. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not knocking the whole con. I'm not knocking the whole idea of life. Of course, life is a brilliant gift, a wonderful gift. But I'm saying, if you love the way things are now, there's something really wrong with you. And this is the problem. People are so attached to their comforts, to their, you know, the way that they do things now, the way that they have something set up. You know, you'll hear people say, I don't want to speak out about that or I don't want to talk about any of that because I don't want to lose what I have. You don't want to lose what you have. What do you think you have? The things you think you even have don't even belong to you. Your body is claimed by somebody else, let alone your physical objects, like your house or your car. I mean, it's a joke. This is how selfish and satanic this society is. You know, this idea that I'm comfortable. I'm I'm in a comfortable job. I'm in a comfortable house. I'm in a comfortable relationship. These are all false notions of comfort anyway. You're in a, a relationship where the other person really doesn't care about freedom. You're you're not in any real relationship. You're just attached. That's all. You just don't want to be by yourself because you're trying to fulfill some need to be with somebody else and when that's not any kind of genuine situation. But you're 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 in a job and you're happy that you make a certain amount of money so you can live a certain lifestyle and really all you're doing is prostituting yourself. I mean is it, how many people are actually doing something they genuinely want to be doing? Very 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 few. Because all they want is the paycheck. You know, they'll prostitute themselves out for it. Again, it all comes down to absence of courage. I'm too cowardly to stand up to my boss. I'm too cowardly to quit my job and do something I really want to do. I'm too cowardly to stand up to my so-called spouse. Because they're saying that what I'm talking about doesn't have any validity. Or is quote-unquote crazy. I mean, imagine people allowing other people's perceptions to color what they're doing because they don't have the courage to stand up for themselves and do what they want to do or what they know they should be doing. And ultimately, it comes down to we love our comfort and our lives, quote unquote, more than we love freedom, more than we love truth and freedom. And that's a false form of love that has nothing to do with agape, with true love, with love as a higher form of awareness and consciousness that allows consciousness to expand and unfold and evolve. I want to take back the word patriot. Because patriot originally meant real men who are standing up for truth and are united on that front. Standing up for truth and real freedom. 
That's what the patriots of America were doing. And that's what the new patriots of America will do. When I think about where I live and what happened here and how the founders and the revolutionaries of America, how their efforts are being squandered by the absolute hipster leftist commie trash that exists in this city and throughout this nation. These too cool for school know-nothings Television watchers is what they are. Brainwashed television watchers who think they know something. And you know what they are? They're communists walking around in costumes. Dirty communists. And and they'll spread this cultural Marxist garbage, which, by the way, do me a favor. Anybody that wants to try to convince me the founders, founding fathers of America were somehow bad people, don't bother to email me. Don't bother to attempt to contact me in any way because you're a moron. I'm not interested in your cultural Marxist garbage. Okay? Go move to North Korea or someplace where, you know you could spread your cultural Marxist garbage to another bunch of zombies because it ain't flying with me because I'm more educated than all that. Okay? Gramsci's plan is not going to work on somebody like me. You're not going to convince me that what those men fought and died for uh, was to set up some other form of slavery here. I don't buy that revisionist bullshit. I'm not interested in hearing it. I have already looked into the claim and have rejected it thoroughly as bullshit. And I wasted too much of my time even doing that. Because it smelled like bullshit before I even investigated it. And I have done that investigation and it holds no water. And quite frankly, I'm tired of hearing a lot of this crap that all it does is try to put doubt in people's minds and take them off the course. It's a really good tactic of distraction and manipulation and disinformation. What the founding fathers and the revolutionary individuals of early America did for this country being squandered by people who are know-nothing television watchers. It's a disgrace. Let me tell you something, folks. The founders would have already called for war a long time ago. A long time ago, they would have called the militia up. You know what? Maybe I I wasn't even planning on doing this, but maybe I should at this point tell a personal anecdote. People seem to like it when I do that, so, you know, I'll throw one in. That I had a few last week on the show. And this is a very 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 personal one for me, 
because of the state of consciousness that I was in when this occurred. And you know what? A lot of people will probably completely dismiss this, but that, and that's fine. You could dismiss it all you want. It personally means something to me. Because a lot of people will dismiss the spiritual world. You know, they'll say, oh, that, that's not real. That's just in your mind. You know, for example, if you have a psychedelic experience, for example, with a, a compound like DMT, just throwing it out as an example, people will say, oh, that's just interactions in your, in, in your brain. The reductionists out there, you know, consciousness is just an electrochemical interaction in the brain. I used to be one of these people. By the way, I used to be one of these left brain eggheads, you know, so another part of uh, why so many people don't have any courage, you know, I just want to, as a brief aside, before I even tell this anecdote, I want to talk about the left head, left brain eggheads, you know, because so many scientists don't have courage. And that's what kind of impressed me at the Tesla conference. There were scientists and engineers there that at least had the courage to say, there's something to what you're talking about. And I need to look into it because I haven't looked into it. I was impressed by that. Most egghead types, you know, are have no balls whatsoever. They have no absolutely no courage. They're total cowards. They sit behind their research, they sit behind a keyboard, you know, they sit behind a desk and they want no part in trying to turn over the, the established paradigm. You know? All they're worried about is the grant money that's flowing in and uh, you know, their comfort once again. You have a lot of egghead libertarians. They want to make everything about just a conceptual idea and a philosophy, but when it comes time to actually taking real world action, they want no part of that. So a lot of eggheads out there who are just purely left brain intellectual and have no real intelligence will say something to the effect of, oh, Mark, you're going to tell a story about uh, something in the spiritual realm that absolutely can't be real. Everything's just an electrochemical interaction in the brain that we perceive. Well, you know what? I never envisioned anything like what I'm going to talk about with you. I don't think my brain just magically came up with it and being where I'm from and having recently been through the place where I was through, I think it'll make some sense to people. Back a little bit, I believe it was just before the, it was just before the Free Your Mind conference, about a month before the Free Your Mind conference, maybe two months, definitely before Free Your Mind 3, so this was early 2015, um, I had driven through Valley Forge, Pennsylvania, and became, and I was fine that day. I mean, I was feeling really good. I think we were going to some kind of a meetup group. And I took a different route that day than I normally do to get to where I was going. And it took us right through the middle of Valley Forge. Where, of course, very important battles during the Revolutionary War took place. And was a turning point in the Revolutionary War. And a feeling, an overwhelming feeling of unease and discomfort came over me that I've never felt. 
I've, I, it's not, not entirely true. I did feel it before the last time I was at Valley Forge, but this time it hit harder. Like it was overwhelming. It was so heavy of a feeling of discomfort and unease and, um, sadness that I almost had to pull the car over. I definitely slowed down and I said, I vocalized how thick this feeling of sadness and discomfort was. And I felt that I was feeling the spiritual residue, if you will, you know, of the souls that died there. And I'm not a sensitive folks. Okay. In case you didn't (laughs) gather that from, uh, all the, uh, uh, the years of, um, podcasting and information sharing. Uh, I'm not somebody who like is like very subtle or picks up on a lot of subtle energy. You know, it's not like, you know, somebody walks into the room and I say, oh, I can feel your aura and I can feel that, you know, this chakra is slightly off and needs tuning or whatever. You know, however you want to look at sensitives that can see all or feel all these subtle energies. That's not me. Intense energy, yes. Subtle energy, not so much. I I told people anecdotes about like when I went to England and visited the crop circle formations as part of a sacred sites tour. And we, we went to Avebury and Stonehenge and, you know, places like that. You know, the crop circle energy was super subtle. It's not like you felt it physically in your anatomy. We went to Stonehenge. There was nothing subtle about that place at all. You felt the energy physically in your body, almost as an electrical signal. And it was there as surely as I'm sitting in this chair right now. It didn't, you didn't take any subtle perceptions to, to realize it, to feel it. If you couldn't feel it, you're probably, uh, I don't know, paralyzed or something, or, or you know, your, your nerve endings were deadened or something. Because it was real, palpable, tangible energy in the body. That was my experience at Stonehenge anyway. I, I've never been to a place like that before or since and never felt energy like that before or since. And it wasn't just, you know, the, you know, awe at being at Stonehenge. That had worn off a long time and the end, I was still feeling this energy, you know. So there's something real there obviously, in the geomancy of that place. But my point is, when I was at Valley Forge feeling this energy, uh, it wasn't subtle. I'm not a sensitive and pick up on super subtle energies. It was palpable. And so, you know, a little while after that, you know, I mean, I just made my way to where I was going to go and then, you know, went home after that. And maybe about a week or so after that, I'm just estimating, uh, Barb and I uh, ordered some food out from a local takeout place in South Philadelphia. I won't mention the name of the place because it was a bad experience. And it's not typical of them. This was something obviously that was like a a, a one-off problem with one of the components of the food um, 
uh, it's not like this place is always bad or always serves bad food. Actually, it was usually very good. But we had a bad experience with um, a salad that we ordered. We each ordered a salad and there was a uh, a hot pepper in each one of the salads, like a, a green hot pepper. And both of us, when we bit into the pepper kind of thought we sensed that something wasn't was off about the taste but you know it wasn't so bad or off that we like spit it out of our mouth immediately and so we both ate the salad and finished it and um almost immediately after finishing it barb starts feeling sick and she's like oh no i think something was bad in that salad and I said, are you sure? Because I don't feel it. Again, <laughs> she's a little bit more sensitive than me, especially stomach-wise with food. And um, this hit her immediately. And, you know, I, I have an iron cauldron for a stomach. You know, anything that goes in it, unless it is extraordinarily rancid or diseased, <laughs> gets dealt with. <laughs> you know, it's uh, I never have any uh, stomach or intestinal issues. It's... Uh, you know, kind of uh, my intestinal system, my digestive system just eats w- literally whatever is thrown into it and deals with it. I've always been like that, very fortunately. Um, but Barb's stomach is stomach is certainly more sensitive and she felt this right away and uh, went upstairs and, you know, vomited and, you know, started feeling really sick and uh, she's like, I think I have food poisoning from that salad. And I'm like, really? Because I don't feel anything. And she's like, oh yeah, something was bad in it. There, it's definitely because of that. And, you know, she started feeling uh, feverish. And then I'm thinking, oh, ma- wow, maybe it really was. I wonder if this is going to hit me. And boy, did it. Okay. And, uh, you know, this is like the only time I was really sick in, in, uh, during the whole early part of the year, uh, you know, and it wasn't obviously just like a, a sickness that comes in from the immune system. This was food poisoning. And I did not throw up, but I got this fever, you know, my system kind of kept it in, but, um, this, uh, I guess obviously it was some kind of either a bacterial or viral agent in this and it made me like, you know, extremely hot body temperature wise, probably had a fever in the range of 102, sweats, chills, you know, everything associated with flu-like symptoms. Um, And this came on really late. I'm trying to sleep. It's very uncomfortable. And I'm waking up, I'm in and out of sleep. And the fever is obviously getting worse. And I'm becoming uh, what you would call delirious from the fever. Like the fever is so high, it probably was approaching 103 or so, that I'm starting to hallucinate a little bit. And... As I'm having these like waves of like, you know, visions or hallucinations, I'm starting to see the faces 
of men who were involved in the first American Revolution very clearly coming toward my vision near my face and they were very angry these souls these spirits were very angry and they were it was like they were accosting me asking me questions why is this going on why is why is this being allowed why did we do what we did if you're allowing this to happen and go on and i swear to you folks i'm not making any of this up this happened and it was extraordinarily disturbing and i wanted it to end because it was extremely intense i didn't like what they were saying or asking i felt almost like i was highly accosted because I have been trying to do something to reverse it and it was very accusatory. These spirits, and it was all men, they they looked like Revolutionary War era people, you know, faces um, uh, like men of that period, um, clothing in some cases, like when I perceived that, very much similar to what people wore during that period. And... They were angry about what's going on now in this country. And I felt like, what are you getting, you know, in my in the condition that I'm in, why are you hitting me with this? I'm one of the people that's been trying to do something about this. And it was like a barrage. They kept coming and they were saying, what did we do this for? We did this for nothing. We gave our lives for nothing. And they kept asking, why has the militia not been called up? That was a phrase that many of them kept repeating. Why has the militia not been called up yet? In other words, saying we would have already been in physical rebellion. What you're allowing is so unacceptable. It's a disgrace. And folks, I mean, this was so powerful and hard-hitting because it was, there was a tangible narrative to it. It wasn't like a disjointed thing where, oh, one came and said, I miss my wife. And one, or one came and said, you know, uh, I lived near here during, you know, uh, 240 years ago. All of them were saying the same thing. America has become a disgrace. What you're allowing is unacceptable. The militia should have already been called up. Why are you allowing this to continue? And I broke down completely. In this feverish, hallucinatory state, I completely broke, I lost it. You know, if, and if any of you ever talk to like Barb about this, if you see her at Free Your Mind or whatever, she'll tell you how like really, really profoundly weeping. That's the state that I went into. I mean, I went into profound weeping because these souls if you will, these spirits would not stop barraging me. 
while I was already in a sick, weakened state. And again, people will say, there's nothing to it. Mine just manufactured it all while you were in a uh, you know, weakened physical condition having food poisoning. I don't look at it that way. I take into consideration who I am. I take into consideration where I am. I take into consideration what had just occurred. Now you could say, oh, well, that was fresh on your mind and you just brought that into the narrative. I don't know, you know. People will dismiss it easily. They'll poo-poo it. They'll say, oh, there's nothing to that, you know, and uh, you're, you're just uh, feeding into a hallucinatory experience. Yeah, maybe. I tend to look at it more like maybe the veil did thin there for a little while in the state that I was in. Maybe these beings, maybe these entities, these spirits are always around us, but we just can't perceive them. Maybe their souls are at unrest and they can't move on because the job isn't finished yet. Not only is it not finished, we've practically squandered the work that they did do. And they're not happy about it. And they can't rest. I think that's actually more likely than just the revision, uh, the uh, reductionist explanation that, oh, it's all just you know, little electrical impulses in the, in the physical matter of the brain. I don't buy that explanation. I don't buy that egghead explanation. Like I said, years and years and years ago, I probably would have, but recent experiences and, you know, my awakening process have shown me that there's much, much, much more to reality than we perceive with the normal state of consciousness that we're in most of the time. So that's my anecdote about having encountered possible spirits of the revolutionaries of the first American revolution who are not at rest and who want the militia to be called up. Who see what's going on in America as an absolute affront to their efforts, as a squandering of their efforts. And these men, and in many cases, who were just boys, who were, I shouldn't even say that they were. They may have been the age of boys, but they were real men. You know, 14, 15-year-old so-called boys, but I'd say 14 and 15-year-old men who fought and in many cases gave it all, gave their lives to secure even a small amount of freedom that led to the most prosperous place on this planet for a time they're definitely not at rest folks they're angry they should be angry and they would have called up the militia already would have already been done they wouldn't have tolerated it to this extent that we've allowed it and people say oh that's too extreme you know maybe for some who don't care about freedom, who love the comfort that they enjoy more than they actually like their rights, and they just don't understand that they are already enslaved, and that physical action 
may be required to remedy that situation. They don't have the courage to encounter that reality and deal with it. And again, it's part of the whole social engineering, the war on men, the war on the sacred masculine aspect of self-defense, the war on self-defense in general. Keeping people sedate, keeping them, trying to keep them as calm as possible so that they could be led to slaughter without resistance. There's a war on testosterone, folks. This is another thing I'm going to talk about at Free Your Mind 4. They want, that's the, the chemical of rebellion and they want that eliminated from society as much as possible the chemical assault that people are under to arrest their development and destroy testosterone in society, which is not only essential for a man's development and the spirit of rebellion to be present in a man, but it's also necessary for women to have testosterone in their bodies to have hormonal balance, healthy uh, sexual um, attitudes and um, uh, energy and for them to have an amount of rebellion within them, not to just be enslaved and ruled. So it's a, an essential compound for both men and women. And that's why there's a war on it. That's why there's so many over-estrogenizing chemicals, estrogen mimickers that take this compound out of the human physiology. I personally know a an individual, a man, who's a, a friend of mine, who had such a problem with testosterone, I, I won't mention any names, but had such a problem with testosterone that his doctor told him, for all intents and purposes, you have the hormonal balance of a woman. Your body is mimicking the hormonal aspects of a woman because your testosterone levels are so low, they're almost non-existent for what they should be as a man. And ha this individual had to have testosterone injections. I, I don't, I'm not even sure he might even still be taking them. So, you know, I mean, this is because of this chemical onslaught. The You know, things like uh, bisphenol A is another thing that attacks t testosterone and acts as an estrogen mimicker. Who knows what's in the heavy metal, toxic soup that they're spraying on us every day being sprayed like bugs from the chemtrail assault so I think I've said what I want to say about courage today I think people will get the gist of the message by what I've put out there and understand where I come down on this issue I think, you know, there's still an enormous amount of ignorance in society. But I don't necessarily believe that any amount of talking is going to remedy that ignorance because these people are willfully ignorant. But not only willfully ignorant, they are cowards. Period. And their cowardice is not going to allow them to see the truth, accept the truth, and act upon the truth. 
And no amount of suffering is going to develop courage. Courage is something that has to be worked within the individual to be built up, to be built upon. And that takes time, especially if someone has lived in a state of cowardice, softness, weakness for their whole lives. That's why they want a society of so-called men that aren't men at all, raised by, in many cases, single women who don't care about anything but creature comfort, getting their way, getting what they want out of men, getting what they want out of the state, and don't aren't concerned with freedom whatsoever, not even a little bit. These aren't men, folks. They're little children. They have arrested development. Not only spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and physical arrested development. Because their hormonal balance is completely off. Their testosterone levels are completely off. The chemical makeup of their brain is imbalanced. Their right brain imbalanced. And in many cases, they're both left and right brain imbalanced. They're eggheads who are also cowards. The egghead side of it is over-intellectualization. And the right brain side of it that's off is you're willing to lay down to tyranny. A lot of people with uh, letters after their name that the t- these titles are so proud of are just like that. Completely off and imbalanced. They're not even a man. It's not a, it's not a man. A male doctor, a male scientist. You know, most of these people are cowards. They don't care about anything but money. They're totally, you know, reductionist in their thinking about consciousness. And, you know, they're total egghead, over-intellectualized, left-brain-imbalanced cowards. The, the thing I want to kind of wrap up on is the idea that, and it's, it's the second part of the main topic, topics that I wanted to get into today is, and I brought this up because of the whole world situation of what we're going through again, you know, it's not like we haven't been through this before, likely that we'll be, we'll go through it again because it's probably going to come to bloody revolution. And again, that's just going around the big wheel of karma once again, because you didn't get the message and do it through consciousness like it needs to be done to affect a true solution, not just a revolution. Um, there's many people that insist that somebody can only learn something through firsthand knowledge, through actually doing it themselves. And I reject this notion. I talked about this on the uh, uh, Veritas show that I did with Mel Fabregas, which I think was a really, really phenomenal interview. Um, I It's up on the uh, news section and on the, uh, right now it's in the recent news on the left-hand side of the whatonearthishappening.com website. I definitely highly recommend people to check it out. Mel's an excellent interviewer and, um, uh, he, you know, he does good work in his own right on his uh, radio show, Veritas Radio. So, um... In that, I talked about, in that interview, I talked about, he, uh, Mel actually asked me the question, uh, do people have to learn through suffering? You know, and I, I basically answered that, you know, suffering can definitely be a teacher, chaos can be a teacher, but is it 100% required to learn that way? No, it is not. You do not have to learn through firsthand experience. Is firsthand experience a absolute 
clear teacher? Oh, yeah, without a doubt, you know? But I gave the example, if um, somebody had never seen fire before and you wanted to explain to them the essence of fire, could you communicate the essence of fire to them without them having to put their hand in the fire? And the answer is yes, you could explain that to people. People will insist, oh, no, you can't. They would have to feel it. They would have to know. You can garner what the essence of something is by hearing about it, seeing images of it, having somebody write something down about it, having somebody tell you about it. Absolutely. If your ego is not so powerful that it says, I can't take any of that, I can't accept any of that, no matter how logically the argument is structured, no matter how many examples are are provided and shown to me, I need to go and do that harmful thing for myself and you go put your hand in the fire. That would be ego, especially if there's a ton of evidence built up to explain what that thing is and how it works. And, you know, this is what a lot of people erroneously, even in the truth movement, in the new age community, whatever you want to call these movements, insist that things have to be learned firsthand. And no, they don't. This is what mystery schools were set up to teach people. If you want to learn it the hard way, then yeah, go do it firsthand, which is why you want to learn how to be moral and you want to learn how not, what actions not to take because you're creating chaos as a result, well, keep doing what you're doing, which is completely wrong and creating tyranny and enslavement in society. And you're going to learn firsthand why you shouldn't do those things. Does that need to happen that way? Do you need to go into tyranny to understand what freedom is? No, you do not. I mean, this whole idea is not the way the law of balance works. This is not the way the laws of polarity work. You absolutely do not have to go into that extreme to understand what something is. You can garner it through what you might call secondhand knowledge, but at some point it was firsthand knowledge. Things can be taught down to another generation. Things can can be taught from someone that didn't go through that experience why it's not a good thing to take that experience, that negative experience. You do not need to burn your hand to learn that fire is hot, folks. If I, if somebody else puts their hand in a fire, or if somebody had put their hand in a fire a hundred years ago, and you know what the effect on the flesh is going to be, you do not need to repeat the experiment. I think we've had enough examples of how tyranny in society works, and what it does to the human spirit, and what it does to human innovation and motivation and consciousness, you know, to understand this is not a good road to go down. So, you know, this whole idea that we have to experience that thing and we have to have that firsthand gnosis, I reject it thoroughly. Secondhand information taken from people with wisdom who are trying to convey it and communicate it down to people who have not necessarily been through that experience is valid and legitimate. If it's true and somebody understands how it works and they convey it down to somebody secondhand, that is a valid and legitimate method of learning. You can garner through consciousness, through someone else's experience, how to understand how that thing thing works on your own, for yourself. 
But the ego has to be removed from the equation. That has to be gotten out of the way. You have to think, I'm not so important that I absolutely must have that firsthand experience. You'll hear so many people say this nonsense. Unless I experience it for myself, it isn't real. Oh, really? So if you've never been skydiving, it isn't real. You know? I mean, this is nonsense. I've never been scuba diving. Is it not real? I mean, please. You know? I've never driven a big ocean liner. I've never sailed a big ocean liner. Oh, I guess that can't be done because it's not real then until I do it. I mean, people are idiots with what, how they think. The logical fallacies that they come up with, they're really, really brain dead. They're brain damaged and brain dead in many cases. Because the ego thinks like that. The ego thinks there are no absolute truths. The ego thinks that there is no objective reality. The ego thinks that I'll make reality the way I want it to be just by my thoughts. The ego thinks unless I experience it, it isn't real. The ego thinks my perception is the only reality. Bullshit. There's objective reality independent from you. And if you don't think so, you're a solipsist. Which is the biggest form of mental illness in the world. Moreover, what it is, is it's wanting to be God. You know, that's what this really comes down to. People think they're the arbiters of truth. And they're the arbiters of reality. I'll make things the way I want them to be. Ignore how they really are. Because I prefer them that way. And I'd rather have reality be that way. And so therefore I'll just think it and it'll be. Yeah, like you're God. Good luck with that. And that's why we're going through the experience we're going through, folks. You want to try to be God? You're going to be put in chains. In chains. And you're going to stay there. Till you, your ego breaks down and realize I'm not that thing. I'm not God. I'm not the creator of the universe. I'm not the creator of reality. Laws exist in this realm. I'm bound by those laws. Those laws are here for my uplift and benefit, and I need to learn how they work. The ego wants no part of that. That's what the ego is. Not this sense of self that the New Age movement constantly tries to convince you the ego is. Oh, we need to dissolve that barrier. You know? Why? So I'm floating off in a spiritual haze someplace and I don't know you know, what my rights are? So when somebody encroaches, I'm like, oh, we're all one and it's okay. And, you know, this person is, it's no, no fault of their own. There is no such thing as fault. You know? It's all just an experience. <sighs> I mean, these people are like, you know, gone gooses, okay, gone, and there's no help for them in many cases, because they're brain damaged, right brain imbalance, just as much as left brain imbalance will lead to physical brain damage, that's where a lot of people are at, folks, the more and more I look at society, the more and more I realize just how sane I am, through the knowledge that I've taken in, and how insane other people are, and how in a state of complete imbalance they are in. And it saddens me, because 
here's one of the things I wanted to get into last week a little bit, which I'll touch on for a moment now before I wrap up. It is highly unfortunate that we are connected to all of these other people, to the morons out there, the eggheads and, you know, the reductionist, you know, who think that there's no such thing as consciousness and to all the people who take it to the other extreme, the right brain imbalanced people who it's all just an experience and it doesn't matter what happens and and nothing that happens in the physical domain is, is meaningful. All just as imbalanced and unfortunately we're all connected to all of these idiots. Their ignorance is our enslavement. The people who care about truth and freedom, we're enslaved by them. Not the dark occult, okay? By the people who are socially engineered by the dark occult. That includes the military and the police, of course, because they're doing physical enslavement. And that includes the dumbed-down masses because they're doing the mental enslavement. They're propagating the mental enslavement. And their ignorance and their mental enslavement is our enslavement, unfortunately. Because there's no place we can just go to be free. It'd be nice and easy to say, hey, slaves and masters and slaves, enjoy your little drama down here on earth, but we're out. You, you know, wh- when you figure that out and you, you can can show the place that you go physically, physically, not just saying, oh, you can go to a mental place. I'll go to my safe space where there's no tyranny. And it's just all in my mind, you know? No, that's not what I'm talking about. New age dunces, Okay. I'm not talking about that. I'm ta- show me a physical place you can go to escape tyranny as, as a person living on planet Earth. And when, when you have that, you could say, you know what? Masters and slaves, enjoy your little Earth drama hell that you've created here, and we're out. But until you could show me that place, you're connected to all these other idiots. And that means there's only one way to change the situation if you want to be free, and that is to change their mindset by putting information forward at all times and places. That's what the great work is, and that's why it's so resisted. Because that takes courage to do that work. Because you got have to not care about what other people think about you. You have to not care about the comfort that you're going to receive from other people whether it's an employer or a spouse, etc. See, I'm not one of the people who tries to say it's all going to be okay or we don't have to worry about doing that work. All we got to focus on is ourselves because I recognize we're connected. The law of one is true. We are bound to those other individuals, unfortunately. I don't want it to be like that, but again, I'm not a solipsist who says my perceptions are the reality, and if I don't want it to be that way, it magically becomes not that way. No, I recognize it is this way, whether I want it to be this way or not. It may be unfortunate, but it is also true that we are connected to these other people. That's why courage is so vitally important to be able to even start doing the great work, to change yourself and then to influence other people to go through that same change that you went through, to recognize that there's no such thing as authority, that it's all illegitimate. The most dangerous religion on the face of the earth, 
So I think that's probably a good place to leave this podcast for now because a lot was discussed and there's a lot of food for thought there. I think next week what I want to do is talk about music. It's something I really haven't done a full show on and you know, I want to really get into the topic of the missing aspect of rebellion in music. This is what I've largely been doing, folks, by the way. I mean, in taking a hiatus from the work, I, I took a hiatus from it in this form that I'm doing right now, such as my podcast and videos. But I didn't take a complete hiatus from it. I was putting out the great work through music because that's one of the ways I think it's very effective, can be very effective. Plus, I, I love music. I've always been... Uh, a performer in music since I was about 14 years old, 15 years old, and I've always liked it. It's always been a way to uh, expend energy and put forward thoughts for me. And um, it's that creative aspect, you know, that sacred feminine right brain creative aspect put forward in the right way put forward to try to change things which is the masculine aspect music is whole brained activity so I think next week I'm going to try to do a show about this and maybe bring on uh, at least one member of the founders to uh, have a little discussion about this so stay tuned for that And, um, you know, I I just want to basically end with the thought that it's people who put art out there, who put forms of creativity out there, who put innovation, who drive innovation forward. You know, artists, musicians, inventors. These are the kind of people who are really directing positive change. You know, you could look at what you do with information as an art form. You know, that's alchemy. That's art. And there's many ways of organizing it and forming it and shaping it. Science is an art form. You know, understanding how things work and then doing something with that knowledge to innovate and create people with that creative essence are the people who are driving humanity forward. They're the people who are doing things that make society better and make it really worth living. Especially if we use those things in an uplifting way to contribute to the great work of creating more freedom in our world. So that's all I have for today for this edition of What on Earth is Happening. I hope you've enjoyed the show. I hope you'll tune in next week where I'll have a discussion about rebellion in music. It should be a good one. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. Have a great day, everyone. See you next time.